Hello, welcome to another episode of the Legacy Investing Podcast. I'm Nate and I'm joined, as always, by my good friend, Josh. Hey, mate, how are we doing? <laughs> hey, mate, I'm good. How are you, man? Yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, good, good. We're, uh, we're fitting this episode in this week, eh? <laughs> we're squeezing it in. We'll squeeze it yeah. in. Yeah, yeah. So uh, how, how's things been? How was your weekend? It's been okay. Yeah, still uh, still struggling with a bit of COVID-related uh, um, symptoms, fatigue, and symptoms. Yeah, it's been a bit bit, bit annoying actually. Um, so yeah, yeah. Is um, it still yeah. still running rampant up there in Queensland? I don't know. I don't watch. Don't look at the news. Haven't really kept up to date with it. It'll be interesting to see what happens with the um, schools going back yesterday. But mm-hmm. um, cool. yeah, I don't know if it's in the news. I'm, I'm not really reading it or watching it. Um, That's good. It's good yeah. for your it's good for your mind to not keep up with that stuff. So yeah. <laughs> still just probably tired. We're we're a month now. So I still haven't been able to get back to exercise. I just kind of crash and burn every time I've tried. So yeah. Yeah. Bit of a pain. Well, buddy, kicking off from last week, uh, we're not going to continue on with our Bitcoin chat this week. That'll be in one of the coming weeks for our part two on that. Part two. Um, part two. How interesting. <laughs> oh, did, you, did, you, did you buy some Bitcoin? Uh, I'm not going to disclose that information. Okay. <laughs> you jumped. Um, yeah, it's certainly jumped in the last. We're, we're recording today on the 8th of February here, and it's, yeah. it's jumped up about 25%. So, yeah, if, um, if we got in, if anyone got in, yeah. <laughs> what, are, what, are we, what is it sitting at at the moment? It is. 44K. Yeah, Always US. look at US. Yeah, Australia up to 62 now. So, um, yeah, it's That's certainly. Cool. Popped a bit. Crazy, isn't it? Just everybody, me. mate, everybody must have listened to our podcast. <laughs> Tristan, Tristan, good on you, mate. Yeah, changing the market up. It's been, it's, been, it's been all happening last week. Last week was a big week for um the NASDAQ. Facebook, <laughs> Facebook created 25, 30%. Uh, um, Thursday Friday, I know you've been a bit of a fan of Facebook in the past and they're, um, you've had a pretty decent dive into Facebook and you Think you're a bit of a fan or meta as it's now called yeah yeah all that change yeah oh i actually mate i'm not gonna lie um my my brain is nothing but math and physics at the moment so i haven't had all the time that i would usually have to not look at anything anyway but um yeah definitely have not been keeping up with the news and stuff but um this is where i'm grateful that we've uh put the time and effort into at least, you know, Alibaba and a few of the other ones that we're following um, so we can keep punching out quality content over our calls. <laughs> yeah, so well, let's, well, let's dig into Alibaba now because, um, yeah, last week it, it got caught up a little bit as well in the sort of the price um, declines of um, the NASDAQ there. It's, I've got it at 100 and... Uh, 114.80. Yeah, back down to 114. So, yep. So she's been, been all over the place. Pop up to 130 there, um, not too long ago. Yep. Back up to 137 early mid January, and it's just it's just come off the boil again a little bit, home. So, anyways, yeah. let's let's check out the moats, won't we? We're gonna we're gonna continue our deep dive into Barber. This yep. is probably episode three or four now, I think. On I Barber. think I think we're up to four or five. Yeah, four, I think. So. Oh, and just a just a heads up, we've we've cracked the half century today too. So, congratulations, mate. Good on you. Thank you. Yeah. Good on you. Congrats. 
Razor bat, thank you. <laughs> I think only we, we called out the stats really early on. Not many people get to 10 episodes. We've done 50. Yeah. So nice. okay. five times as good as the average, mate. Awesome. <laughs> right. Yeah. So let's let's kick off um, like you like you alluded to. We're gonna start talking about the moat. Um, but we're going to keep following the uh, story form that we have been. So the first question under moat is, I can describe the critical pieces of the operation. So do you want to take us away on that? Sure, mate. So, I mean, Alibaba, as we've mentioned in previous episodes, um, you know, provides, it's a software e-commerce platform, essentially. Um, it, it connects, um, you know, and integrates retailers to providers, and then to consumers, so everyone can get on that platform. And um, yeah, we've mentioned the differences between Amazon, so we won't go into that. But that's essentially what they do. That's the critical piece, and and that's how they, um, you know, that's that's their operation. It is, and you know, it, it comes across simple here, but they do a very good job at that. Um, it's just convenient for all elements part of Alibaba. So it's convenient for the retailers, it's convenient for the consumers, it's convenient for the logistics providers. Alibaba is just that middleman that connects everybody without being a, a normal middleman trying to sell other people's products. They just give people that platform. So I don't know, man, that 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 is a very simple business model. Like there's a lot more to it, but that's a very simple business model. Yeah. Um, we obviously, when looking at markets, want to know whether it's, you know, the customer's, don't need to be convinced to buy you know is it is it really just an easy decision for them to buy and and, and we believe it is you know yeah. quite again you've mentioned the simple aspects of the business um and i think it's the same for um customers it's just easy to buy on there it's convenient yeah 100%. no and and a big part of that is you know for the customers which are essentially the business owners uh, to retail on Alibaba, it's not like they have to go and build their own audience. They literally go onto Alibaba and they have a massive amount of consumers ready to buy their product. So that's, you know, there's no convincing somebody that if I walked up to somebody in the street with their, you know, brick and mortar shop and said, hey, I've got a million, actually, no, I've got a billion customers for you potential customers, would you like to come across and use my platform? I'm pretty sure they're going to go, you know, with a bit of due diligence, yes. So that's basically what Alibaba do. So I think that's, I think that's a pretty pretty sweet, uh, you know, thing to have from a company. Yeah. And, and I mean, this is, these, these guys are for the small business as well. So for a small business owner, like you mentioned, um, just not having to go down and build that platform and have a, you know, physical shop front, um, you know, it's it's very convenient. They, you don't need to convince those those guys to get on there. Um, no, and then like that's that's China, right? But look at the look at Alibaba in terms of uh, a global choice, not just China, but across the world. You mentioned Amazon a second ago. Um, Amazon's business model is slightly different. So part of Amazon's strategy is to eliminate the threat of you know their business. Um, uh, competitors so where amazon really thrives is if somebody brings a good product onto the market amazon will literally copy it you know and create their own version and then that drives the business who created that product out of the competition um so 
that's a massive difference between Alibaba and Amazon because Alibaba don't create their own products. They don't compete with anybody else's products. They just give the platform for people to do their products, which in my opinion, and it it does, it's it's shown under capitalism that creates a very healthy um, market and competition. So, you know, you look at Alibaba then on a global platform, you know, it's probably more beneficial for small businesses to use Alibaba over an Amazon. Yeah, I know that the Amazon, I mean, so yeah, you could, like you said, you could invent the secret sauce and be selling it and it could be a top seller and Amazon comes along and invents, you know, secret sauce 2.0 and basically undercuts you. I know a lot of people who have not decided to go down the Amazon path just because they know um, or, or fear that Amazon are going to come and kind of take, you know, start selling adjacent to their product line. So yep. that, that's Alibaba, you know, like you said, it, it really... Um, puts itself right at the top of that global, uh, you know, market. And yep. um, yeah, it's a lot lot more reassuring for a small business owner who's going to place a product on their um, platform that they're not going to be undercut. For sure, for sure. So that we've talked about, uh, you know, the customers in terms of the retailers, but let's talk about the customers in terms of the consumers. So do the consumers love Alibaba? What are your thoughts? I would assume so. They they they're um they've got great margins and they've had great margins for many years and and constant sort of revenue growth. Um, you know that that sort of growth to me, without you know, I haven't dug into this question too too deeply. I would assume that just that growth would um, basically, you know, you can assume that the um you know the customers are liking using this platform. Yep. Yeah. For sure. Basically, like Alibaba, they're Um, well-known for opening up the marketplace to small businesses. You know, before Alibaba, it was nowhere near as easy for small businesses to thrive. So Alibaba has just given small businesses that platform to be able to thrive. It's now not a matter of who's the best, you know, marketer or advertiser, so to say. It's who's got the best product and who's got the best price and who can offer the most value to the consumer. So, you know, coming from a consumer's point of view, then they're getting the best product at the best price, thanks to Alibaba. So, of course, they're going to love Alibaba, the company. Awesome. Um, what are the competitive advantages of business? Um, so, we we're kind of talking about, if you think back to our early episodes about Moat here, um, what, you know, when we have brushed on it in previous episodes about their brand, I mean, they clearly have a brand Moat. They are... Yeah. Um, very recognizable. Most people know Alibaba. Um, you know, even you know the local person walking down the street. Off, most people know Alibaba. So they, they've got a very strong brand moat. Yeah. Um, they, yeah. I think the switch moat you mentioned as well previously. Um, it just is. You know, once you're on that platform, you've got your business on there. It's just going to be more hassle to to shift off off onto somewhere else like Amazon or or um, one of the other Chinese. Um, players, yeah, yeah. To talk up your, uh, you know, that point that you mentioned, hundred percent. Their brand, like, we're in Australia. You know, people in America, they're listed in America, but they're a Chinese company. You know that that brand of Alibaba is recognised globally, and you know they've recognised as the largest e-commerce platform. So pretty much, like, if if anybody says Alibaba to you know most of the 
most of the world, people are going to know what that is. That's a massive brand. It's like Nike. It's like all your yeah. Apple. It's like it's a big brand. And that brand strengthens, like you mentioned, the switching mode. Um, and we talk in terms of, say, you, you mentioned the switching mode. It's, it's, it's hard for somebody to go anywhere else to get the, the a same effect, you know, especially for small businesses. It's, it's not as hard for consumers. Consumers can just jump between Alibaba and Amazon and so forth. But when you talk on terms of like the network effect, you know, Alibaba have over 70% of the market share in the industry. So for small businesses, why would you want to go anywhere else when you've got Alibaba offering you billions and billions and billions of users, but then the user, sorry, consumers, and then the consumers, why would they want to go anywhere else when you've, you've offered so many quality uh, small businesses giving you the best products for the best price? So that network effect just kind of plays together. It's like, you know, chicken and egg. The more chickens, yeah. the more eggs, the more chickens, the yeah. more eggs, the more chickens, the more eggs. And like that's that's you know, what's what's better than the brand or the switching mode? Like they're both very, very powerful. So yeah. Um I'm just curious keeping curious. I'm I'm curious. I'm just keeping an eye on time yeah. now. You gotta yeah. go in a minute. So you were talking about the durability there with, with the network event effect. Um and because you know you mentioned the price setting. I think that's where the Chinese government plays a little bit of a role. They, you know, are going to be a little bit more supportive of Alibaba in that they're not, um, you know, price setting. You know, it's not a, it's not competitive. You know, people are not out um, pricing people. Exactly, and like even though you know they have such a uh, what's the word? Even though they have such a big market share. When you think of like in terms of monopoly mode, even though Alibaba are getting percentages of all sales, which means they're killing it when it comes to revenue, mm. it's not like by them killing it when it comes to revenue, it's not hurting small business. And, you know, that's where a lot of Chinese, that's where a lot of governments usually regulate. If there's one company just killing the market, um, that's when you could probably expect some sort of regulation to come in. So this is where... They have a durable moat in what they do. Alibaba, by it's a win-win. By helping other businesses be more successful, they become more successful. So they're not killing other businesses to be more successful. Um, you know, the competitors operate similar but not same. So the operators have their durable moats in their areas. Yeah. I don't think it's like it's not like for like. It's not apples and apples. It's not only apples and oranges. So. Um, that's what makes that so durable. And that's why the government don't dislike Alibaba because they're not killing other businesses. They're helping other businesses grow by being a better business. So, um, yeah. And just, and just on that too, it's the, you know, businesses, it actually Alibaba is providing a service that is helpful to business and they're happy to use it because of the online, you know, shift to online and, um, you know, those small businesses, um, you know, essentially um, saving money by going to an online platform, um, yeah. you know, through shop fronts and warehouses and factories and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, it's a win-win for both sides. Definitely. And even when new, yeah, like when you say like new competitors come into the market, somebody wants to, you know, put their own stuff up on the marketplace, 
they're probably just going to go to Alibaba. So the competition is on Alibaba. So it's healthy. It's healthy for small businesses. And Alibaba just makes more money by having more competition on their platform. So, and, um, you know, they, they're always investing heavily into optimizing their platform, whether it be artificial, artificial intelligence um, and ways to grow the business uh, the small businesses um, experience and the consumers experience. So, you know, they've got a pretty, pretty sweet setup with their whole idea of a business is to help the consumers and help the businesses using their platform. So I think, you know, that's conducive with what any government would want. And I know there's a lot of fears around the Chinese government, but, you know, they haven't really done anything out of what they should be doing to, I guess, Chinese companies at this stage. They have a lot of regulation power, but, you know, you, you find a good world leader who is going to hurt their number one revenue. It's, it's not, mm. not going to mm. be the smartest idea ever. Uh, I feel like that noise has calmed down a little bit too. Um, yeah. Probably just with the, um, I guess, maybe... <laughs> Ukraine, Ukraine, Russia thing has been in the news a little bit more in the financial sector and um, uh, economics and the in- increasing uh, interest rates we're looking at this year. So maybe maybe it's yeah. dialed up a little bit. But, Definitely. Um, and, and I think you, like, you nailed that kind of point there too in terms of, um, in terms of the news showed that a lot, which, you know, sort of helped the creation of an event or a yeah. cycle there. So, you know, as soon as the news isn't playing that noise, um, you don't hear about it. You, you don't think it's happening. So some, more than likely, not a lot's changed in China. It's just whatever the Western world kind of want to put their uh, put their language over what's happening and how much they want to play it, which is going to be in more, our ears more often. But I think we cut it there, mate, because I know you've got an appointment to do and I'm going to go eat before I go do some more studying. <laughs> That's good, mate. Just, just on the event, if anyone wants to see an event, pull up the chart of Alibaba. That's what an event looks like, you know. <laughs> the, end, the end of 2020, we, we cap out at $310 US and it's just continued a big drought, downward trend all the way down to you know, 114 at the moment. So there's an event. That's what it looks like on a, on a um Yeah. And then it's up to us as investors, especially as legacy investors, to uh, determine if the company is still intrinsically good and uh, if yeah. we think the event is short-term and not, uh, yeah. not you know, killing the company long-term. So Sounds good. Interesting. Oh, well, thanks for your time, right. man. No, thank you. Uh, Yeah, thanks for listening to another episode of the Legacy Investing Podcast. And we'll be back on again next week. Look forward to it. Look forward to chatting you and have a good week, mate. Thanks, mate. Have a good one. All right, bye. All information on the Legacy Investing Podcast is the opinions of the host and is for educational and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional, financial, legal, or tax advice. The hosts of the Legacy Investing Podcast and any contributors to the podcast are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should consult a licensed financial professional.